Staying alive, just what you need when parenting seems like a nightmare. This podcast is about parenting, its complexities, its joys, and the sheer volume of what it seems you must know without much adequate preparation. Some days are good, no question, but just when you think you've got it all figured out, there those children you made go, showing how they mutate into people you don't even want to know. And it seems you must start all over again. (laughs) Does this sound like you? If so, this podcast is for you. It's meant to give you support in what is likely the most important job you'll ever have. You won't get paid in currency, but the joys can actually be worth more. Subscribe and listen in as my guests and I share war stories from the field. Just like us, I promise that ultimately you'll find yourself dancing to staying alive from the BGs. Hello, listeners. Sorry, my voice sounds so raspy. I think I just woke up, but I'm so super excited. Welcome to Staying Alive and everything you need to know in your parenting. Just try to stay alive. Bear in mind that we don't think that anyone's a perfect parent. I think I have to say that for every podcast because the assumption is made that um, uh, we're we're having this and, and those of us on the on the podcast are here because we're perfect parents. We've just figured out this, you know, fantastic code or something, but that is not the case. Nobody is a perfect parent. And I think that you'll find that all the guests on my podcast um, are just staying alive. And they do this by just looking for the humor and things, recognizing how important uh, it is, the role that we have been given. So today we had started thinking that we were going to talk about something else. My wonderful guest, Didi Gatsi, and I just, we can't stop talking whenever (laughs) we get on the phone with one another. And through all of this, I thought, Didi, I think I want to change the topic. So listeners, we were going to talk about the tweens and how much is too much space, behaviors that set your child up to be a brat. And I knew Didi and I would have such a laugh with that. And I think we will still have that conversation. But today I want to talk about something different. And Didi's on the ball with me here. We want to look at issues of diversity, inclusion, equity, justice, belonging. You know, these are all current buzzwords. And the tendency to look at current buzzwords and just dismiss them is huge. Right? But we are not going to do that. We're not going to dismiss them because this is our core. So today we're going to talk about that. In, in education circles, it's, it's known as DEI, and then sometimes a J is added, and now I hear they're adding the B, but it's all along the same lines. How do we create this sense of belonging and this sense that um, we need to understand one another? And it all starts in the home. This is why it's so important we talk about it today as we discuss parenting. So my special guest, Didi Gatsi, she is in New York City. I can't think of her being anywhere else but Ghana and New York City (laughs) because New York uh, just happens all the time. And you should see this, you know, pint-sized doll with a brain and sass to match. Didi is an educator She's currently the Director of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. 
She is a sassy married mother of three. She will tell us all about the kids and how old they are. You will not believe it. She looks like one of her own kids. And I, and I call her superwoman in heels because that's exactly what she is. So listeners, I am so thrilled. I know our 20, 25 minutes will go by like, bam, but just hang in there because I have a feeling Didi will be back on our podcast. So without much further ado, Didi, welcome to Staying Alive. Oh, Mary, thank you for having me. <laughs> I appreciate this platform. It is so good to have you. And I can't wait to talk. I can't wait to well, talk. Well, start to you. talking, baby girl. <laughs> It'll be good. It'll be good. Yes, Mary, thank you for the introduction. I am a mom of three. Um, the oldest is 23. Mm-hmm. I can't believe it's <laughs> right. It's crazy. Um, the middle one is 17 years old. One is a girl, right? She's a girl. Yep, she's a girl. She attended GIS, mm-hmm. graduated from NYU. Mm-hmm. Um, she started her meditation and yoga business. She's waiting to um She's actually going to meet the prof- the professor that she's applying to for the doctoral program nice. at Stanford. So that's going to be next year. We're keeping our fingers crossed for that. Um, Anthony is 17 years old. He goes to Lawrenceville, the Lawrenceville School. He's a boarding um, they, he's a boarding student. And Aiden is 12, the little one. And um, they're amazing kids. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Well, amazing yeah, kids yeah. owe a lot of the amaze bet to, to, to good parenting right? And parenting that is reflective. And, and, and that just knows that, you know, it's a journey, right? So Mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about what you do in your role as director of um, diversity, inclusion, and and equity, and then bring that around to what it means to, to raise kids with it, with that sense, because, you know, I think of when I was raising my boys the other day, um, Someone was asking me, I've got a book coming out for the four to eight year group. It's called Grace the Pandemic Warrior. And someone said, "Um, is this your first book? And I'm like, no, I have tons of other books. And they said, well, what got you into, into writing? And I thought, my kids, my kids did, right? Because all the books that they were bringing home from school just never showed anybody who looked like them. And I wanted them to know that, you know what, you're special, you're amazing, you can do great things, you can be the, the next discoverer of whatever hasn't been discovered yet, you can go to the moon, all of those things. And so I wrote stories for my kids to empower them, all because I felt like there was that lack of it in curriculum, you know. So tell us about mm-hmm. the role and then bring it round to why you think it's important in parenting. So, you know, Mary, I work in a school where I am the only black educator. Wow. I am the only black administrator. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I find that I work in that capacity and I, I take it very seriously. Yeah. Right. Because we normally when you're in an all white environment. Mm-hmm. It's very hard for students to see outside of themselves, yeah. right? They see themselves. Yeah. They see I mean, white administrators. They see white teachers, mm-hmm. right? Um, and it's important to me that we are represented in the curriculum that we are disseminating yeah. to kids. And repre- right? represented I- positively, too. Like, not. I don't want to see that every single time there's a Black person in a textbook, they're in chains, right? Right. Right, right. So it's important to, for 
people that are not non-people of mm-hmm. color need to make sure they, they see representation yes. of themselves, right? Positive representation. And the story is being told by a person of mm-hmm. color, right? Because our story is be, has been told by the yes. white people, yes. not being told by the people that has actually mm-hmm. happened to, mm-hmm. right? And so it's, it's important. It's important that, and, and I love that you have written books. Mm-hmm. I love that it represents what you want your kids mm-hmm. to read, mm-hmm. right? Because we, we don't yeah. get that. And so my role is to make sure that we are represented properly in the curriculum, across the curriculum. We actually are going to um, roll out a new curriculum. It's an anti-racist okay. curriculum. I'm, I'm working with my head of nice. division Good. for that. Um, we are making sure that our staff are properly trained mm-hmm. to communicate that correctively, mm-hmm. right? Because a lot of teachers are not comfortable talking no, about race, not at all. right? And, and, right, and so it's. And I told my teachers yesterday, listen, I, this problem was here 400 years before you. Yeah, you you either fall mm-hmm. in line or you make a difference. That those are the two sides that you are going to to, to fit in. You make a difference or you fall in line. What we've been doing, we, we've been falling on line, in line. Yeah. This act automatically, mm-hmm. right? Um, we, we don't feel comfortable talking about race. We shut it down. But we're expected to teach kids of color. Yeah. How can you do a great job yeah. doing that? Yeah. Um, and it's important to me because my kids go to predominantly yeah. white schools. Yeah. And I want my kids to be seen. I want my kids to be heard. I want them to have yes. confidence. Yeah. And that's the only way that they're going to be successful holistically, yeah. which is, is very, very yeah. important to me. Um, and so, yeah, so that's my role is to make sure that every kid is heard, mm-hmm. right? Um, it's to make sure that the teachers are educated, culturally competent, yes. ensure that the, the curriculum that they're rolling out in the education that, this, that they are disseminating to the kids is an inclusive mm-hmm. curriculum. Mm-hmm. It's not just for certain groups yeah. of kids. Yeah, for sure. And when you see, mm-hmm. you know, the, the kind of kids that you are training teachers to be able to to educate, it, it lets you, I mean, even without the conversation about diversity and inclusion, you know, as educators, I mean, how many times does it cross our minds when we finally meet a parent we're like ah okay no wonder it's you know what we see you know from the child so much starts from the home so much starts from the home and so how can how can we as parents you know we've got people listening who have got really little kids who sort of have a bit of a, a, a a blank canvas so to speak and they're starting out and then you've got people like us who've got older kids you know, and you're like, how, how can you assist them? So let us know, like on the home front, what does a, a home look like when it respects diversity, inclusion, and equity? What does it look like in the home? So, you know, we, we say it starts from mm-hmm. the home, right? So when you say to yourself, you are a diverse person, you, you believe that you um, can provide um, inclusion for your mm-hmm. kids. Who's coming into your home? Do they all look mm. like you? Do they all have the same perspective as you? Right? So I, I think that's, that is really an assessment, a true assessment for yourself. Mm-hmm. 
And if the answer is no, then yeah, you're not diverse and you're not teaching your kids mm. to be diverse. So it's certain right? openness. We, yeah. yeah, openness, right? We, I mean, we come in with the same type of values that our parents yes. have given us, yeah. right? And so when you are in a systematic oppressed system, mm-hmm. you're going to fall yeah. in line. And whatever group is being oppressed will fall in line. Whatever group is being propelled to be successful will yeah. fall in line, right? And if you are of the white race, then you will be successful, mm-hmm. right? If you are not of the white race, it's not that you won't be successful. It's just going okay. to be harder for you to yeah. be successful because there's so many uh, there's so many roadblocks yeah. that you have mm-hmm. to overcome. Make sure yeah. that you overcome. Yeah. I recall when I was a child, um, we, we lived in the UK and I recall my dad, uh, my dad was a diplomat uh, working with the Commonwealth uh, Secretariat in London. And I can recall him coming home periodically with people who were not from Ghana, right? And they were not mm-hmm. British. And my dad had this really odd, um, what would I call it? Is it a mission? I don't know. <clears throat> but he would go to Heathrow Airport periodically. And this was, I'm talking late 70s, early 80s, where Africa was in the turmoil of, you know, a lot of coup d'etats and, and whatnot. Uganda was like literally burning under Idi Amin. And dad would go to the airport and look for any Africans who look lost. They're sitting there, you know, flight has, a, uh, has arrived. No one's meeting them. They just had to escape. So he'll strike up a, a conversation with them. And if they had nowhere else to go, he'll be like, why don't you come home with me? You know, so we wow. had people from all over Africa passing through our home for a couple of days to, you know, a couple of weeks. And then dad would wow. then connect them with the African Students Union. And then they would then support them with housing and, and that sort of thing. So I grew up being comfortable with people you know, mm-hmm. from, from other places. And mm-hmm. I tried to recreate that for my children. I'm not sure I was that successful. Maybe one day they'll look back and say, oh, mom, <laughs> you know, that thing that you used to do, you know, but right now judging myself, I'm like, nah, it wasn't as good. But you, know, but Mary, we are the heart. We, we, we judge ourselves mm. so harshly, but I can tell you, you know, I remember when I met you, you seem so impassioned to help mm. people. And that was, that was, you know, I, I mean, I know you believe in energy, mm-hmm. right? And that was the energy that I, that I received mm-hmm. from you. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely been passed yeah. on to you. And I'm sure it's being passed on to your kids. But we, we see as parents, we don't always no. see that. No, Because they can be such selfish brats when they're growing up. <laughs> and you're like, but Mary, the brain isn't even developed yet. So we need to give them time. But so critical also how we speak about others, you know, I mean, like you and I have have spoken about, you know, every time we talk about diversity, inclusion and, and equity, you know, the race one is the easiest one, you know, to come up with. Mm-hmm. But there are so many other ways that we put others down who don't look like us, you know, yes. ability, for example, you know, the, someone mm-hmm. who's disabled. I mean, most recently, I don't know if you, you heard about what was happening in Ghana with the Rastafarian students not getting admission to the, the, the school. And I mean, the country was literally split in half, you know, 
of those who said, you know, this is how we've always done it. You know, why should we change for, for you? You need to change and, and join us. So even within here, and as you know full well, you know, uh, in, in Ghana and probably other parts of Africa, and maybe not just here, I know just watching Namaste Wahala uh, on Netflix just mm-hmm. tells you even, I mean, other cultures do it as well where you meet someone Mm -hmm. in college and you bring that person home and the first thing is, okay, uh, we don't marry these people, you know, we don't. So it's like the the home has to be a safe place. Yes. But also, right. I always say, this is my, this is is the foundation questions that I usually start off with. These are social constructs. Mm -hmm. Who who dictates what someone is supposed yeah. to look like? Who who dictates mm-hmm. that? And do we just fall in line like robots, yeah. right? And so someone is has dreadlocks. Who dictated that dreadlocks are not mm-hmm. presentable? Who yeah. said that? Who said that we're supposed to look a certain way, act a mm-hmm. certain way? Mm-hmm. Who said that? Mm-hmm. The dominant group. Yeah, the dominant group. The dominant group, and we and we fight for the dominant group that's oppressing yeah. us. Yeah, I'm a little confused. Go and get a straight haircut. Go and cut your hair because that's what you're supposed to look like when you walk into an yeah. interview. You're supposed to look a certain way, act a certain way, form a certain way. Listen, and sometimes we have to play the games because I taught my kids to play the game. Yeah. So Anthony's been remote learning, right? But sooner when he goes to school, mm-hmm. I'm going to push him to be to be the best that he yeah. can and represent himself the best that he can. But at the end of the day, your kids need to know, also know how to play the game without stripping them yes. of who they, their, their true essence yeah. of who they are. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And and do you find, have you come across this where, you know, when it comes to that sense of, you know, self and, and, and belonging and all that, that maybe a parent and a child can be so apart. And I, I'm saying this because I'm recalling during the um, the Capitol riots, um, a, a girl, I can't remember how old she was, she turned her dad in, into the police, yes. you know, because she said, yes. this is totally wrong. You know? So yes. what do you do? But you know, here's the thing, Mary, you know, a lot, see, parents, <laughs> parents want to, you can't be double-sided. Mm-hmm. You have to communicate to your kids what your fundamental beliefs yes. are. Yes. And once you communicate that, you need to act accordingly. Mm-hmm. And consistently. Right. So <laughs> right. There is there is a cognitive dissonance with 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 parents where they don't want their kids dating black people. They don't want their kids to have black friends. They don't want their kids to protest and not riot, which there's mm-hmm. a difference. Mm-hmm. But then they turn around and go and yeah. riot. Mm-hmm. You can't tell a kid that you're going to kick him or her out if they go and protest for the human basic rights yeah. of people. Now you go and storm a federal building mm-hmm. and destroy mm-hmm. it. Now, I'm a little ambiguous because I believe in, <laughs> you know, you need to be, you know, I'm not saying that you need to, you, you shouldn't, she should have turned her family in, but there's something called yeah. loyalty. <laughs> but there's <laughs> a thin line there, don't you think? Uh, that, that's what I'm saying. 
So there's where I'm like, I don't know what yeah. to because yeah. mine. But at the end of the day, you, you want to raise your kids to to be able to take a stand for justice, right? Yes. So th- those times are going to come, and we we hope and pray that whatever we've we've poured into our children will get them to ask themselves what is right under these circumstances, right? right. But the key thing is right. that you must love your neighbor, and we know what that looks like. You know, it's treating them yeah. with respect, you know, and right. uh, treating them like they are human beings, you know. I think some of the parents watching might be uh, watching, listening, <laughs> might be wondering, you know, that there's so many issues of bullying in schools all over. No school is immune from mm-hmm. that. And I mean, bullying tends right. to develop to when some of these issues are not are not tackled. Right. What happens when right. you have a kid who comes home? And let's talk about the different stages here, because I believe that the response could be very different. Right. So you've got a six year old mm-hmm. who has no friends. They don't want to go to school because they don't have friends. And uh, let's mm-hmm. say they are different, you know. Um, let's say they have two moms or two dads. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can't even mm-hmm. speak about that in this culture here in, in Ghana. But <laughs> over oh, where... I know. <laughs> I know. But over where you are, I, I won't say it's common, but we will come across it, right? How do you mm-hmm. teach your child to, to be strong? under those circumstances. And this child is six years old. So you know what, Mary, that's Mm -hmm. hard. That one is hard. Um, But I believe in honest communication with kids. I don't believe in kind of like prettying things up just to make Mm -hmm. them feel good, Mm -hmm. right? Um, You know, kids go through adversity, right? And I think building them up to understand that you will go through adversity. When it starts early, they're strong. Um, so just to give you, I won't name yeah. the school. We had a we had a gay pride day. Mm-hmm. Right. And I work in a very conservative, upscale, you know, old money type school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so so this parent was one of the main contributors when it came to fundraising. Mm-hmm. You give 25,000, they'll match yeah. your 25,000. <laughs> you give 100, they'll match, it. they'll match 100. You know, no, no school wants to lose a family at like all, that. At all. Unfortunately, we had an interim um, head of mm. school who was also you know living a life of, I'm going to live my life. I'm going to love yeah. who I want, which I'm all for. Like, who am I to judge somebody I, else's life? Oh, I'm yeah. Not, who am I? <laughs> I, am, I am, you know, like, I, I don't, I believe lack of judgment. Don't mm-hmm. judge mm-hmm. someone else's life. Live mm-hmm. your own life. So, as we say, God th- has you know, this in your own lane. In your own mm-hmm. lane. Why do I care who mm-hmm. you love? Mm-hmm. Love who you love. So this parent said, we are at all, this, um, this head of school said, we are an all head of school. We, 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 we are an all inclusive mm. school. We want every kid, every child, every family to be included mm. and feel inclusive mm-hmm. in the school. They pull their kid out. No. Yes. Wow. But to me, that's where I stand. Yeah. You can't dictate 
what you want a school to do based on the money that you give. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's not your school. This is yeah. It's not uh-huh. your school. And not only is it not your school, this is where the oppressed continue yes. to be oppressed. Yes. That's very true. That's very true. And it's sad how this is happening all over, you know, um, and and not just with liberal against conservative or whatever, but the issues of color and, and other differences, you know. And this, mm-hmm. or, mm-hmm. I, as educators, it becomes really difficult. And then as parents, I'll tell you a quick story. Um, there's a school in Georgia and um, the head of school was sharing this with a group of us and telling us um, that this family moved to the area and um, Georgia is very conservative. This was a Christian community. And um, so they came to introduce themselves to the, to the head of school and said, you know, this is, I can't remember her name, but let's call her Anna. This is Anna and uh, Anna is transgender. So head of school is like, great, you know, we've got a motto that says we welcome everybody, yada, yada, yada. What a wonderful opportunity for us to display this. So he's thinking this is great. He tells the leadership team and they're like, great, great. Um, but they're not quite sure what else, what's the next thing we do. Do we have to tell people? But it's really awkward. How do you tell people? Do you have an assembly or whatever? So they kept quiet about it. But they told the girl's classroom teacher, right? And classroom teacher says, I'm good with that, you know. So everything's Mm -hmm. going on fine. She's using the girl's washroom. You know, everything's okay. And then one day, little girl, by the way, she was seven years old. She comes over to the principal's office and says to him, I think I'm ready to tell my friends in my class and I'd like to do it during circle time. And he's like, I know, but he's trying to just stay calm. You know, this is no more part of the course kind of thing. And so then she, she says, I'd like to do it at circle time and you can come if you want. And he's like, Oh yeah, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there. But he decides to just stay away a little bit. So he's outside the classroom, just, you know, standing at the window watching. And so all the kids are sharing, sharing, sharing. Then it gets to Anne. And Anne shares that I used to be a boy. I'm now a girl. And seven years old. And you know what the little kids did? They all got up and gave her a hug. And they said, we still love you. And he said he stood out there and tears just welled up in his eyes. The feeling was short-lived though, Didi, because by the following morning, because <laughs> you know, kids, they're going to go home. You're going to ask them, how was school? It was fine. We had a, a girl who used to be a boy. She told us all about it. She's in our class. And all hell broke loose. And his board chair would not back him. And it was like, why didn't you tell the parents ahead of time? He goes, how could I? Like, how do I send a letter home saying, hello, I'd just like to inform you that there's a transgender student in your class. Why is it a big deal? Seriously. And nobody would have known if she hadn't said anything, you know? And here's, but, but you know what also, Mary, so 
I also feel conflicted with that, right? Because to me, when you're a heterosexual, you don't walk around saying, yeah, oh, I'm, you know, yeah. I'm heterosexual. <laughs> right? That's your personal information, yeah. right? And I understand they are the group that's been, they're not accepted. Yeah. Right? But that's your personal yeah. business. Yeah. It's not, it wasn't I'm, his, yeah. Age, it wasn't his place to tell. Yeah. But you what? Well, here's the thing, Didi, and here we're talking about parenting. The kids were fine with it, but the parents yes. raged, and, and, and benefactors, huge ones like your story, they pulled their kids out, you know? So here are parents who can't deal with difference, whatever shape or form that could be. It could be a black teacher who comes in and they can't deal with that. Yes. It could be a disabled yes. student coming in and, and we have to build yes. ramps. And, oh, no, why is my PTA money being used to support the building of ramps? You know, right. it could be a whole lot right. of different things. But parents mm -hmm. couldn't deal with it. But the kids were fine, you know. But you see, here here comes the problem mm. also, Mary, because parents teach kids how to deal with situations, yeah. right? So your kid comes home and tells you, oh, yeah, you know, there's a boy transition to a girl. Oh, wow, really? Oh, that's interesting. Good for him and good for her. I'm happy that they were ab able to come out and express their, who they are. Finish. They didn't take a, they did not make it a big deal. I think parents live from fear. Mm. Oh, you know what? If, if this child has, if my daughter or my son has a kid in his or her classroom that is a transgender, maybe my kid might think about it, but that's not the way yeah. it works. Parents <laughs> need to understand the mechanism behind the yeah. brain. That's yeah. not how it works. And when you look at, yeah, yeah, yeah. And look at other groups. I mean, like previously, if someone was, uh, came from a divorced home, you know, and was living with a single mom, that was something that was scary, you know? Um, mm -hmm. you, you ask your parents, can I go visit so-and-so? Oh, who's their mother? Who's their father? They have no dad. What do you mean they have no dad? Oh, they're divorced. And, and this was something so freaky that, you know, we can't couldn't deal with it, you know. So, judgment, it is, Mary. It is. so as parents, I think we, yeah, we need to examine our lives first, right? Examine our mm -hmm. lives, examine our belief system. Um, and then ask ourselves if, if anything needs to change there, right? Before we even. But Mary, that's the hard yeah. part because it forces you to yeah. bring the finger around on people. <laughs> people do not know how no, to do that. It's too hard, Didi. <laughs> it's easier to point the finger at someone and say, oh, they should be doing yeah. that. They should be doing that. But what, what, what yeah. are you doing? I am no better than someone yeah, else it's it's not easy it's not easy so parents listening to us all right on this podcast you know you're hearing us you know there's, there's been lots of times didi and i have said ah we we don't know what to do we have we don't have all the yeah. answers but i think you know where we've gotten to where we're talking about examining ourselves that is such a good place to start and so mm -hmm. if you're listening to us you're a new parent whether you're with a partner or not, examine yourself and then be, be honest mm -hmm. with one another and ask yourselves, what kind of a world do you want your child to grow up in? And therefore, how are you going to raise, you know, that child? Mm -hmm. If you've already got kids, ask yourselves. I mean, you, you hear them talk and you hear derogatory comments that they make about other people. So, you know, mm -hmm. you know what they mm -hmm. think. And, and a lot of it is mm -hmm. contributed from you. <laughs> 
and and how you think and how you talk as well you know mm -hmm. so last words Dini what do you have to say to our listeners to help them oh my god last word I is over already you, I told you we could go on and on <laughs> oh okay last words so one communicate with your kids L listen to them yeah right um I know they drive us mm -hmm. crazy <laughs> But they drive us crazy really for a reason. Their brain isn't even full, fully formed yeah. yet. Yeah. Right. So the part of the brain where they make rational decisions, that part is, is, is yeah. missing. Literally <laughs> missing. Many times, mostly right? with boys. Mm -hmm. Yes. Especially with boys. You know, girls, I think 11, boys 14, mm. like they can't even make <laughs> decisions, rational decisions. Um, I think also, yeah, like Mary, like you said, examine yourselves as parents. Let's try to not be so judgmental on mm -hmm. others. Like you never know what people are yeah. going through. You know, I'm reading this awesome book by, um, by Oprah. It's Oprah and, um, someone else it's called what happened to mm -hmm. you. Right. So it's like, you know, a lot of times we look at situations, we look at people and we're like, what's wrong mm -hmm. with you? No, instead of asking what happened to you, helps us understand each so other. Mm. You know what I mean? And in a DEI front, I really would just say support your kids, understand the the you know the challenges yeah. as black kids that they are going mm -hmm. to face. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, you know, I worked, I loved, loved, loved working mm -hmm. at GIS. I love, I mean, I'm still finding a way to, to, to get back there, Mary. Um, and you know what I loved about G, GIS is that it's, I was finally in a place where my kids, because we value education yeah. in our family, yeah. right? That's when you're going to be successful, mm -hmm. right? Um, my kids were in an all kind of like black mm -hmm. environment mm -hmm. where, Kids understand the value of education and they're being yes. pushed, yeah. right? Mentally, mm -hmm. right? To make sure that they, they have fabulous yeah. futures, mm -hmm. right? Um, and when I'm here, I'm, I'm, I'm in a different yeah. environment where I have to understand that we are in a system where it's systematically yes. oppressed. And I need to make sure my kids understand mm -hmm the adversities and all the challenges that they have, that they're going to face. And there's, there's no, there's no two ways about it. You will be mm -hmm. successful. Mm -hmm. Right. I'm not, I don't give my, my kids yeah. a choice. <laughs> if they right, yeah. don't have a choice, <laughs> the problem, what's the solution you come yeah. up to me with? And let's, let's break problem solve because you're not always going to be underneath my roof. I need to help you yeah. problem solve, but I also need to kind of like take my emotions mm -hmm. out of it. So when I do get upset with my kids, I tell them I can't give you a logic an logical yeah. answer right now because yeah. yes. I'm upset. Yes. I I usually come back to it. Parenting is not easy. It's oh, you know my kids know I'm not perfect. My husband's not perfect. Nobody's perfect. We're gonna work through yeah. this together. Like and we're in your corner. We're yeah. supporting you. Awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. Gosh, we could go on and on and on, Linda. I know. My goodness. But I know, Mary. I miss, I miss you. you too. And we're telling the whole world right now. We're BFFs. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Mary, thank you for allowing me to be on, on yeah. this platform. And 
it's, it's amazing Thank what you're you. doing. Thank you. I think it's so important because I wish I had people like us talking to us and demystifying some of it and, and also just giving us permission not to be perfect. I think that's where it's coming yeah. from. You know, nobody ever gives us a manual on parenting, you know, and parenting never yeah. ends, you know. I still have my my parents calling and asking what I ate for breakfast. Take care of yourself. You know, eat this for free bowels. I'm like, seriously? You know, I'm in my 50s. (laughs) You know, come on. (laughs) Yeah, it it never ends. So, you know. So, listeners out there, you have had the fabulous queen, Didi Gatsi, today on our podcast telling us her strategies and, and, and stuff like that for staying alive. And we want to thank you all for, for tuning in to listen to us, drop us a line and let us know uh, what you're thinking and your story as well. We'd love to feature some of you. So go to maryasian.com and just sign up there, talk to us, tell us about your journey in parenting. And uh, we'll see you next time for the next episode thank of Staying you. Alive. Thank you so much, Didi. Mary, thank God you so bless. much. This has been a Gold Coast Report production.